You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. When we actually open up our heart and our mind, our dreams, our hopes, our vulnerabilities, our hurts, our fears, they're going to say, you matter to me. I'm going to be there every step of the way and we're going to work our way through together so you don't feel alone. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to Momentum. Wherever you are around Australia, we really appreciate you tuning in. MomentumAustralia.org is our website. It is Tim and Dez with you once again as we uh, get into another terrific topic to help you out this week. Dez, how are you this week, my friend? You good? Really good, thank you. It's always good to be with you and to all the men who are listening. Welcome to Momentum. It's good to be here. We're going to go on a journey over the next couple of weeks and guys, hopefully this journey will lead you into greater emotional and physical intimacy with your wife. Now, did you hear that last part, Des? Most guys will be thrilled at the thought of the second one in particular, physical intimacy with their wife. But, you know, you can't have one without the other. So in this particular show, we're looking at five things you can do to have greater emotional intimacy with your spouse. And then next week, four ways to have better physical intimacy with your spouse. So don't hang up and wait for the second part. You have to go through <laughs> the first part to get to the second part because they're, inter- they're interlinked and that's key. So both are based on articles by Focus on the Family Australia and we're blessed to have uh, with us the CEO, Brett Ryan. Back with us. He was with us before and we had a great time. Welcome back, Brett. It's a pleasure being with you, gentlemen, and pleasure to talk about this topic, not because it's just it's good fun and, and it's all about uh, that connection with your, our partners and our spouses, but also because it's an important topic for men to actually understand that they yeah. are emotional beings. Yeah. So I think, Des, you did well in, in giving the guys a heads up. Don't switch off. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that go, oh, hold on. We're talking about emotions and feelings this week. Yeah, might give this one a miss, um, but don't because it will actually improve your relationship overall. And so without further ado, Brett, let's let's launch into it. Let, let's look at emotional intimacy. When we talk about that phrase and those two words, what exactly do we mean? Well, obviously, you've already mentioned it. A lot of people, when they hear the word intimacy, they go straight to physical. But there's a lot more to it, that emotional connection. And when we're speaking about emotional intimacy when it comes to our our spouses, it's that ability to be close to our connection, a close, deeper connection. Um, we can feel safe. We can feel vulnerable. We can share our hopes, our dreams, our fears um, without judgment. And that's a very key. And if you can actually remember does your spouse or does your partner feel safe? That means that they can share all those things in, a, in, a, in an environment where they're not going to be feeling judged or feeling uh, like guilty or feeling shame. And when we do that, it actually opens up the relationship, not only physically, but also that connection with one another. So we can actually feel that communications free flowing and both parties can actually share all about what's going on in their world without fear of judgment. It's interesting, isn't it? When you look at um, society today and, and things like pornography, I mean, they are absolutely the opposite. I mean, they go straight to the physical your relationship and totally ignore yeah. any emotional relationship. So why is it that men do struggle with the intimacy side? 
Well, there's a, there's a few reasons and these are no particular order, but sometimes we just don't have the vocabulary. We haven't been brought up with knowing how to express our feelings, how mm. to express our emotions, those deep and meaningful things, because we may have been squashed that growing up. You know, big boys don't cry. Don't share if you're sad or if you're lonely or if you're depressed. And, and we, we are seeing those walls breaking down, which is very good, especially when it comes to mental health. But we're still not quite familiar with how to really share share what's going on in our, our, our worlds, because we feel like it's a weakness and we have to change the paradigm. Think about it differently. It's actually not a sign of weakness. It's actually showing the other person that we care deeply with that they matter. Mm. And they, I trust them with how open and how vulnerable I can be. Let's just expand on that, Brett, because I think that right there and what you just said about this being a sign of weakness for a lot of guys. And when you expressed what emotional intimacy is and you use the words like safe, trust, you know, essentially when you when you think about what even intimacy means, it means in and I've heard this say into me see. In other words, you're seeing into me. And that's a very vulnerable place for people to be, right? But particularly as men, and in our culture in Australia, it's like, am I really fully seen? And let's be honest, there's not many places where I go where I allow myself to be fully seen. And for me to be fully seen in a relationship in my, my with my partner and my spouse is a very vulnerable place to be. And I need to feel safe and trusted that I can actually allow somebody into that space. And, and let's be honest, we all struggle with that at times because we can get hurt, we can get offended. I'm exposing myself to this person. I don't know what they're going to do with this information. Are they going to come in and use it against me? Are they going to hurt me? All those sorts of things. So, I mean, that in itself, when you think about that, you understand why men would struggle in this space. But then let's look at the counter of that. When we can reach that point of allowing somebody into that space, what are then the benefits when I'm seen, not just by my partner, but in you know my relationships at work, my friendships, particularly with other blokes, what's the benefit of allowing myself into that space? Yeah, well, taking off the mask is the first thing. You know, taking that mask off, whether it is that significant other in our lives, and being able to be real and authentic and genuine with other people, and it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. Mm. You just say that again, Brett. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. It's great. Hmm. We all have our bad days. We all have those areas where we feel like, you know, it just life sucks and everything's hitting the fan at the same time. But when we have uh, that openness and that vulnerability, and especially when it comes to our spouse, is actually they see our faults. They've got a front row seat for all of our, our faults and flaws, and yet they can still love you. And then when we're real with that, it actually means that there's a greater connection, not only the potential for a greater physical intimacy, but it's actually saying, I see you, you're struggling. I'm going to come alongside you to support you. And we're going to do this together. We're not going to, you're not to live in isolation, not to live in, 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 uh, in an island because we're not built for that. We're built and designed for community. And when we have that first person who's right there beside us, when we actually open up our heart and our mind, our dreams, our hopes, our vulnerabilities, our hurts, our fears, they're going to say, you matter to me. I'm going to be there 
every step of the way and we're going to work our way through together. So you don't feel alone. You don't feel lonely. You don't feel like you are by yourself in the difficulties, whatever it may be, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational stress, all these things or financial stress, instead of you know, wearing the mask. And if someone said, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Which actually stands for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Um, <laughs> so we've got to take that mask off yeah. and connect with one another. And uh, the best place you can start is, is your spouse. That's so true. Um, one of the questions I have for you is a lot of the guys who are listening today won't have had any role model in this space at all. Mm. Maybe not even a pastor, not even a brother, not a lot of them, not even a dad or granddad or whatever. And and thinking back to the sort of 50s and 60s, I mean, men were coming back from the war. They were totally emotionally dead. Give us some clues as to how men can get from where they are, close book, uh, maybe not to where they could be and the steps they need to go to get to that level. It's interesting you should just say that because I actually had a gentleman just ask me the exact same question today. Wow. Hmm. His wife doesn't feel safe and, and he, he doesn't feel like he's doing anything wrong per se, but his family of origin, that what you're referring to, if you haven't had a good role model or mm. your experiences as growing up, it does shape you, but it doesn't yeah. have to predetermine where you are going. And sometimes mm. people can wear it as a, as a crutch or use it as baggage and to continue, you can start afresh. And, and it starts off small. You know, maybe actually you say when someone says, how are you, mate? You can actually say, instead of the good, old, yeah, I'm fine or I'm good, um, I'm okay, I'm just really busy, and we wear that badge of honour, it could actually mm. say, when someone says, how are you, mate? I said, well, actually, I'm not doing so well. Tell me about that. And we should be allowing the opportunity to, to share a little bit about our worlds and to actually say, you know, life is going really difficult. I'm having troubles at work. I'm having troubles with the kids. I can't communicate with them. I'm having troubles with my spouse. With, within a, a confines of a very safe in, and someone that you trust. You don't want to tell just a stranger. Yeah. Uh, but I reckon written on our, on my forehead is please tell me your life story because people will share very openly, yeah. very quickly about what's going on in their worlds. So for this, for this gentleman, I actually said, you know, start small and maybe look at different things. And when you are angry or when you are not as open, actually allow the privilege of someone actually speaking into your life to actually say, you've got the wall up again, or you're putting that anger up or you're putting up. And so we need to be uh, open to correction and, uh, and, but start off small. Don't go into, I'm going to have a deeper, meaningful conversation when it's really out of your comfort zone, start mm -hmm. off a little bit and, uh, and share a little bit more deeply with those around you. And particularly with your spouse. Brett, let's just come to that for a moment, right? Because the truth is, as men in, in Australia, and whether this is a cultural thing, whether it's like Des said, you know, the upbringing that we've had from generations before, um, the truth is that sometimes we, we feel like, whether that's pressure from society or just our, our own mental state, that we have to have everything together. And then let's put that in the context of a partner and a marriage. And this idea then that as the head of the home, as the husband, you know, I, I've got so much responsibility to make sure that everybody under my umbrella, the wife, the kids, you know, all the finances and everything else is is hunky-dory, right? That's, that's on me. And sometimes that can feel like I, I just, if I let the crack show to my wife, what does that mean for her level of safety, trust, security in me, in the process, the kids? if I speak to her and say, look, actually, I'm not coping, like I'm actually really struggling in this, 
what does that mean for the rest of the family? So sometimes I can't go there because I don't know what that's going to mean, the ramifications of that. Just speak into that space for me, because I'm sure there's guys listening right now who are going, that's how I feel. I feel like I can't acknowledge any struggles right now because if I do, the whole thing crumbles. That's a big topic. And hopefully I'll be able to articulate it in a very short period of time. <laughs> because the fact is, um, you know, from a biblical point of view, it talks about that, you know, it wasn't good for man to be alone. And then God created the woman to be a helpmate, to be a, a partner, to complement one another. And it's not meaning that, you know, you can't, you are complete as an individual. So those singles listening to this, you know, you are complete as an individual, but when you do get married, they complement you, they, they partner alongside you and you do life. And there's, there's things that men can do and there's things that women can do, but combined together, it, it's a, it's a really great combination to, to do those things and to hear what they have to say. You're a opinion matters into my world and and what you say. And so being sharing with your partner to say, look, I'm doing, I'm not doing so well, actually allows them to come alongside you, as I said before, come alongside you to support you so you can do through it together. Because if you don't and you continue to hide and suppress and you continue to force it down, it will come out somewhere along the line. I can guarantee mm. it. it'll come and bite you on the butt later on. Your The finances will, will become more struggling. Your mental health will become more struggling. Your communication, your management of conflict, your, your connection with your spouse, intimacy will probably be thrown out the door and your connection with your kids. So it's a big price to pay for not sharing what's going on in your world. I'm just reminded actually of the catastrophe that happened on the news the last few days where you have a man of 49 who took his, took his life apparently and, and none of his family had any clue. They, his son's birthday was the day before and he took his own life overnight. And, you know, there was no clue. He was obviously a closed book. Yeah. And I mean, mental health is such a big thing and we need to put up our hands when we're not doing so well. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because you're actually saying, I can't do this alone. I need others to help support me. And unfortunately that story Des, will, has happened far, far too many times because people don't put up their hands and the, the, the people behind that they're victims in themselves are scratching their heads because they may not have been science. They may have been, but you might have to look for the breadcrumbs, but we at focus on the family, Australia, we like to be able to support people and provide some resources in that area. So I think we all need to be better informed what to look out for and know what to say, when to say things. If we can do that in a, in a much more healthy way, um, we're going to be better equipped and more confident to deal with those. But when it comes to, you know, a situation where someone will get that low, it's very hard for people who are rationally thinking to say, gee, I can't even imagine getting so low that that was a viable option for him to think mm. taking their own life. And that's because he wasn't really connected to his emotional side. And he was probably in um, keeping it on the inside. And unfortunately, it got too much. And whatever happened on that day, particular day, something snapped and, um, and it resulted in him thinking that that's the most viable option for him to take his own life. And yet the family are going to be left behind with all these unanswered questions. And so as we go to a quick break, let's just uh, remind you that, uh, you know, if that is you, please do reach out to somebody in your world. And of course, if you don't feel like you've got somebody in your world, reach out to 
um, an organization. There's Lifeline, there's Beyond Blue, there's several that you can reach out and have a conversation with. And Brett, you mentioned there about, uh, you know, the, the stuff that families do. I'm going to point people to your website real quickly as we go to the break, families.org.au for a whole range of uh, topics and advice and things that you can get connected to. And MomentumAustralia.org is our website. You're listening to Tim and Dez and Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family on Momentum. We're talking this week about steps to greater emotional intimacy with our partner. We're going to look at those five steps after the break. So stay tuned. We'll be back real soon. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to Momentum all around Australia. It is uh, Tim and Des with you for this week's show. And our special guest is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia. MomentumAustralia.org, our website, families.org.au is their website. And this week, we're referring to an article from their website, Five Steps to Greater Emotional Intimacy. And Brett and Des, we started the show by looking at what emotional intimacy is, why we perhaps as men struggle with that, And we're going to look at five ways that we can increase this emotional intimacy in our marriage. But before we go there, let's just take a moment and speak to the singles uh, on the show. Because, Brett, you did mention before, you know, that uh, you kind of threw out the singles and it's like, wait, we are whole before we get married. And sometimes that can be a whole other conversation. Let's go there because, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm not... I'm not fully whole and whatever until I meet my special someone or whatever. We don't want to go into that space right now. But let's talk about this idea of there might be guys listening right now who are um, dating. They're on the dating scene. They've they've got a significant other. They're looking at the marriage thing, but they're in the process of dating. And this idea of creating emotional intimacy is good. But of course, when you're dating, there needs to be boundaries in place with that. So let's just speak into that space for a second for the guys listening. How do they create this emotional intimacy while respecting the boundaries that need to come with dating before marriage? Yeah, it's a big topic in itself. <laughs> when one is dating, you're on your best behavior because you're on the hunt. You're, you're well, a, hopefully you're performing. You're 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 making a, an extra effort. But I would like to actually challenge even those who are married. We have to make effort. It doesn't come naturally. And when you're dating, you're, you're putting on your best face. You're, you're getting dressed up. You're, you're being punctual. You're thinking about the other person. And, and all of those things are great because, you know, let's face it, you're trying to win the prize. But once you've won the prize, it means you continue to have to work for not assuming and taking that for granted. So you're talking about boundaries. Obviously, there's there's the aspects of physical boundaries where you want to make sure that you're um, keeping yourself as pure as possible because, uh, and I could talk about a bigger subject. I've, just this week, I've been speaking to students in this area about healthy sexuality, healthy purity and intimacy for their present and their future. And they're, mm. they're very eager to learn about this topic because otherwise, the more you put down the barriers and not have the boundaries, you will take those experiences to your relationships, your future relationships, and you don't want to have that baggage with you. Hmm. So when it talks about, um, you know, emotional boundaries, really you could be able to share, start sharing with your spouse, uh, your, your future potential future spouse as open and honestly as possible to make it. So this is normal in your everyday moments to, to create a moment where you actually say, you know, every time we get together, I'd like to share on a deeper level, make this the normal through. And if you are married, same thing, when you come home from work, let's find a time of every day to find out a connection point, what's been going on in your 
your world? What's a highlight? What's a low light? What's been going on? And we make this become a habit that it makes it much easier when things do hit the fan that we've created a habit that we are ready to talk about these things at any moment about anything and everything. That's superb advice. I wish I had had that advice in all the marriages that I've had to date. (laughs) (laughs) Brett, can I ask then, um, and this will invariably be the case, I'm sure, that in any relationship, there's one person that likes to go a little deeper than the other. Right, there's always probably one of us that likes to sit in the deep space and wants to have those conversations and get to the nitty gritty. And there's probably the other person that might not necessarily and just wants to keep things nice and light and fluffy, or or even do a runner when those sorts of conversations, you know, uh, need to happen. Um, How do we navigate those sorts of differences as a couple? And most people would assume that it was women that likes to do that conversation more deep and meaningful. But I, I, I'd have to say that that's not always the case. There's some women because of their family of origin, their upbringing, you know, they were taught not to share their feelings. In fact, I spoke to a little young girl who said her father told her she was never allowed to cry and, and basically not allowed to show any emotions because that's the culture that she was brought up with. So I would find that young lady is going to have a lot of troubles trying to be connecting with on a deeper level. So we need Mm. to actually start opening up ourselves at a, at a level, but not expect to go deep and meaningful at the first time you're having a conversation, just every little bit, step by step, opening up and to, and, and for the person who's much more deeper and much more wants to get in there, be patient. Don't continue to ask them hundreds and thousands of questions. Like, tell me what's going on in your mind. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me where you're going. And, and, and especially if you're, a, a, um, I mean, we might joke about this, but for, for guys that don't like talking, and it's frustrating for women to actually, you know, un, unpack the layers or, you know, try and get in their inner world. And they continue bombarding the questions. It doesn't work for them. Sometimes it's just simply in doing things together, you know, driving in the car or doing things together in a less threatening way, going for a walk, then they may open up. But don't continue to be like a Spanish Inquisition because everyone, everyone uh, hates that, that, that moment. But, you know, the, and when your spouse asks you, you know, for a guy, what were you thinking? You know, a guy can honestly say with all with all confidence, nothing. Women don't understand that men have got a nothing box. A nothing box, yeah. <laughs> My wife is very jealous that I've got a nothing box. Yeah, yeah. And when she says, I, ca- I can't believe you're not thinking about anything, I said, that, that's exactly right. I'm not thinking about anything because they've got multiple things thinking you're about think so um i hope that answers that question maybe we should have a conversation with your wife (laughs) i get her perspective (laughs) she she'd be more than happy to have that conversation (laughs) that's good incidentally just just off the back of that and uh a bit of a shameless plug there was that video i think it was mark gungor luffy way to a better marriage uh, which was out many, many years ago. And if, if you've never watched it, I encourage you to check it out. It's probably on YouTube now. You can get it for free. But uh, he talks about the nothing box and ha- the difference between men and, men and women's brains. And it, and it is a, a hoot. It's a scream. But it's it's funny because it's also so incredibly true. And, uh, we've got, we've got another article on our website that says men's brains are like waffles, like the compartments, and women's brains are like spaghetti. All yes. around the place. So yes. very similar uh, a theme. 
Yeah. So look, let's launch into the article that's on the website, families.org.au, Five Ways to Greater Emotional Intimacy. This was by Roxanne Anderson, the article. And again, you can find it at families.org.au. The five things real quickly, pick safe topics to get the conversation started. Make it clear that it's safe to share anything with you. Number three, learn what makes your spouse come alive. Number four, ask the hard questions. And number five, invite God into the conversation. So Brett, let's start with number one. Pick safe topics to get the conversation started. Um, now, t- let's quickly talk about setting the scene because obviously setting the scene is important. You don't want to have a, a D&M when it's 3.30 in the afternoon, you've just arrived in from school, the kids need homework and feeding and showers. And th- I mean, obviously there's practical things around that, but just speaking to that space for is about setting the scene before having a conversation. I think it's vitally important, especially when it's on on a, on a something that's really important. If there's if there's been a, a lack of connection with your with your spouse, um, you don't want to uh, bombard them or, or you know do a surprise attack when they're not ready for it. So it may be simply to say, "Hey, on Friday night, um, let's go out for coffee or something." And because there's something important about our relationship at the moment that I need to talk to you about. So you're setting them scene. They've got some time to process. Um, they can have a, have a think about, or be a bit more self-reflective or what have I done wrong? <laughs> you know, what can I do? It may not be as bad as you think, but set the scene, pick a moment and a time, um, that is not a stressful time. And especially if you've got deadlines with work, but you can't, you know, and people say, well, I'm always stressed. I'm always got deadlines. Uh, you can't use that as excuse because if your, your significant other is actually saying to you, we need to talk. Hmm. You got to find the time, make it a priority, and when you made that priority, let's set it in the calendar that we can have a chat. But as I said to uh, a little bit earlier, if you become this is the normal that every time, every day, there's a moment, maybe ten to fifteen minutes, that you sit down, have a cuppa, um, sit beside each other on the couch. And I used to do that with my my wife. We used to always come home, and I'd just sit on the couch and we'd have a talk. What was happening in your world? What what happened today? Is there anything I should be aware of? Is there anything happening with the kids? We just had that moment of connection. And if there was something that's going on in our world that was a little bit on a deeper level, then we'd actually make the appointment, hey, we can't talk about it now, but we will talk about it later. Yeah, there's two words in the article that are absolutely key, Brett, and, and they're in here. One of them is positive and the other is healthy. And no matter what the topic is that you want to talk to your spouse about, you need to have those two fundamentals underlying it, don't you? Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't mean we can't go to some top things, you know, yeah. the, the, the difficult ones. and how. But to keep it to, this is how you're feeling. It's an I thing. Yeah. You know, it's not attacking the person. When you start pointing the finger, the other person is going to be much more defensive. They can, mm. can't take away the, the way that you're feeling. I'm feeling a little bit hurt. And that's an I statement. But if you say you're not connecting with me, you're not making me feel safe, you're not making me feel heard, then it's very accusatory. And most people would put their, their defenses up and you're not going to be very, have a very successful conversation. Brett, just one final thought with that. If we're in a conversation and for whatever reason, you know, we run out of time, things change, we need to get out of the conversation. Um, and yet we realize that we need to continue to have that conversation at times. Um, the communication, how that's done is really important, right? Because we don't want our other partner, if they're in the middle of this thing and things change or it gets a little heated and you're like, we just need to, we might need to come back and revisit this. How do we communicate that so that they're not just left feeling like I've just bailed on the conversation or they've just bailed and left me, um, you know, from the conversation? And again, that can 
probably from a family of origin, you might've thought you know, whenever it gets too heated, the other person removes. But when my wife and I are having our intense fellowship moments, <laughs> and sometimes um, I want to fix it. I want to do it right there. But my wife, she's very verbal. She could actually, she uses the word inviscerate. She could inviscerate me at a moment's notice. So she would actually say, we need to talk about this. I'm going to remove myself, get my act together. And then we'll come back to reconvene. So never, ever leave someone in silence. Never leave somebody in anger. Always going back to the point, I love you at the moment. We've, this is this needs to be dealt with, but I'm not going to deal with it now because I might say or do something that I can't take back. Mm. That makes it so very clear. You're on the same page. You're just on different pages. That, you know, you, you want to you resolve it. That's the same page. But mm. how are you going to get there? I mean, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And when we were younger, when we started out in marriage, we used to think that you had to resolve the issue before the sun went down. But we noticed that the sun had well and truly gone down and the moon had well and truly gone up. And then you're getting tired and you're cranky and you don't think as clearly. And <laughs> you, you don't always say clear things when you're really tired. So we actually made a, a, a pact that we say, look, let's resolve this issue we, we, we can't do it now. Let's just take the sting out of the battle. Let's mm-hmm. make a connection. We love each other. We might just do a little kiss on the forehead, uh, make a connection with a hand or a toe just to say that, hey, we're still <laughs> together, but we're going to talk about it in the morning. And sometimes we have to just take it, show each other's grace with one another and then give each other some space. Mm. And that sort of leads us into the second one, which is a good one as well. It says, make it clear that it's safe to share anything with you. And that's a, that is so important, isn't it? Oh, very much so. And the trouble is if someone actually opens up and shares something, if you go and share that with another person, they're going to, and they find out, they're going to actually say, well, I'm not going to share with you because you're not safe. You're not keeping it confidential. Hmm. So that, that is a big thing. Another thing to do is you don't use it as ammunition later on. You said such and such and such and such at that moment, and I'm going to remember that because I'm going to get back to you again later on. No, it's actually maybe even acknowledging and validating. That must have been really tough for you to share that. And thank you so much for sharing um, that. That must have been really difficult. And I really appreciate that you feel um, secure enough to share with me. And, and let's, go, let's work out how we can help you at this time. That's the type mm. of conversation that no matter what they say, you you can say anything and everything, and I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to um, think that you're um, a loser. I'm not going to think that you're you're failing in any shape or form. We're going to be there every step of the way because we're a team. Together, everyone achieves more. That's mm. what the team stands for. Number three, learn what makes your spouse come alive. Now, I've kind of tagged on the back of this about love languages, which we've kind of touched on a little bit on the show about, you know, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, those sorts of things. But I guess really, um, Brett, finding out what really makes your spouse come alive is, again, in the depth of conversation where they're bearing they're bearing the deepest parts of their heart. Mm. I, I think I may have shared this on plenty of other opportunities when I presented at marriage seminars, I said, you have to be a student of your spouse, be Mm. constantly curious. And just when you think you've qualified and you've graduated, then things (laughs) change. They have children or they have health issues or they grow older and they've got menopause. And then there's got, you're looking after parents. There's all these stages and ages of maturity and, and experiences and things that really 
made them come alive when they were younger has changed as they're growing. So you have to be a student constantly studying and be genuinely interested in what makes them tick. And we yeah. talk about the language of love, which I cannot cannot emphasize enough because we all have those primary and secondary languages of love. It's like if, you, if you're feeding into one language of love that's not theirs, it's like you're speaking a different language. But mm-hmm. when we can actually continue to study them and and and, and and something that I do with my wife, when we're out shopping or something and she makes note of something that, oh, that's nice. I make a mental note of it that's and I'm going to actually come back and purchase that for a gift later on because I'm actually making a mental note that that was important to her. It mm-hmm. may have not been, but it means that I see her, I mm-hmm. hear her and her opinion matters. Fantastic. That's great. Well done, man. I'm proud of you. That's, that's really, <laughs> really cool. So sitting alongside that, you know, and we've talked about you getting alongside your partner and spending the time. The next one is to ask the hard questions. You know, there's questions that get, will arise in any relationship where it's not easy to talk about, but there are some tough questions that need to be answered. Yeah. I mean, I'll go back to where my wife and I, we've sometimes uh, when we had a disagreement or something, we don't know why it's happened the way it happens and it's escalated. And I, and we have to actually make a timeout. We say timeout, timeout, timeout. Help me understand how you've come to that conclusion. Have I said something or done something that you've misinterpreted? Because I, I need to understand where you're coming from. And then we've discovered that she's either misheard something or misinterpreted something. And it, and it could have gone to World War Three, and it didn't mm-hmm. need to. When we mm-hmm. stop for a moment and ask the hard question, mm-hmm. hang on, hang on. What's going on? What have I said that has hurt you? H- help me understand. Because I don't want to go down there. Because I don't want to hurt you. You, you, you matter to me. And when we actually be a bit more uh, self-reflective and actually self-reflective with our spouse, we might discover that we can ask those hard questions and say, "Hey, hang on, how are we going at the moment? Are we connecting on a deep level? Are we? Am I?" communicating really well. Are you, am I showing value to you? Am I taking you for granted? They are great conversations to have because, and if we don't become defensive and they might say, actually, I I am feeling a little bit low. I am feeling like we're not having enough time together. Then once we're aware of our blind spots, then we Mm. can start remedying those. And reduce the intense fellowship moments, I think you said before, (laughs) Brett. (laughs) But look, even those questions that you mentioned, I mean, they are, they are, tough questions to let's be honest not just ask but then to hear as a man particularly that you know what we might not be cutting it in this area we might need to pull our socks up a little bit um but this is this is the journey of the relationship and this is the journey of marriage and emotional intimacy just on a side note there you know mm. when we were going to school we went to school and we and we got grading you know like we, we knew an abc um when we go to work we we get a professional development or you know an, an evaluation of how we're going when it comes mm. to marriage we we really don't know how we're going so focus on the family has actually got on our website a marriage assessment test an evaluation to find out where you're going, how you're going. And then you can actually get your spouse to fill it out. And you might find, hey, we're actually going really well in these ABC areas. These are the areas we're doing well. Here are some areas for growth. And when you see it in black and white, you can actually start improving those areas. So we highly recommend the people to go to our website and do the free. And again, everyone likes things for free. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a great businessman. <laughs> we provide those resources so we can help as many families and many couples uh, thrive. And that is one way we can do that. 
Okay, great. Check out the website, families.org.au. Look, the fifth and final point, and one might argue this is perhaps the most important as Christians, invite God into the conversation. Now, the obvious way to do that is through prayer. But, Brett, how, how do we continue to do that as we journey through? We pray for each other in the morning, whatnot, da 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 But how, how do we keep the God in the conversations that we're having through the days, the weeks, the months, the years, etc.? It's like anything, it's, it's a lifestyle. And uh, it's not just on a weekend uh, for those who go to church on a weekend or when you go to a Bible study, it's including God in every part of your conversation. And we can always take him for granted. God is always there and we can turn to him when there's a crisis, but we need to actually get into the habit of including him on even the mundane, the routine things, just like our spouse. We include them on the routine, not just when, we, when we've got a difficult time. And if we include him in our conversations and make it as a partnership, and I tell you what, Couples that pray together or do a Bible study together are drawing each other together. And it's much more emotionally intimate and spiritually intimate. And mm-hmm. then ultimately what we'll speak about in a, in a week's time about it can actually improve the physical intimacy, but it, taking God and including him in every part, how we parent our relationship, our connection with other people, time and time again, that my wife and I, when we're dealing with a situation, we pray about it together. And then we find within 24 hours, things start turning around because we've included God in the conversation. And I wish we all learned that much quicker (laughs) than we do. It's been a great chat this week with Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family Australia. Again, the website, and you can check out that free marriage test, families.org.au is their website. Five Steps to Greater Emotional Intimacy, what we've been talking about this week, and as we've alluded to a couple of times next week, how this can have a knock-on effect in your physical intimacy with your spouse. That's going to be next week's show right here on Momentum. In the meantime, MomentumAustralia.org is our website. We'd love you to check out the website. Have a look around our resources too. And join Des and I next week with Brett again as we explore four ways to have better physical intimacy with your spouse. Brett and Des, been awesome chatting with you guys. We'll see you next time on Momentum. That's green grit. It's a pleasure. See you next week. You've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.